Hey everyone, welcome to Rewind the Love, a podcast about the best ever in reality television. Recapping shows like Charm School, Flavor of Love, Rock of Love, and all the great celeb reality shows that you love. I am Mike. And I'm Sonia, and I am sorry. <laughs> Jeez. I know, it, well it is... For... Sorry, I'm so sorry. That's not the words. Isn't that the Acon song? No, it's Well, I know lonely. it's not the original. It's lonely. Oh, well either way, fuck it. Anyway, I'm putting we, my we own took, twist. We took a bit of an unplanned hiatus. Some stuff was going on. I guess I'll talk about it a little bit during the course of the episode because it's kind of relevant. Yeah. But, um, well, yeah. there's other stuff. My I, work schedule. Well, yeah, your my work fucking, schedule. My back. And honestly, something that kind of ties into the housekeeping stuff. So first and foremost, uh, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, yes. tell friends who don't suck. Five stars. Yeah. Uh. It, now, this is normally the part where I launch into, you know, if you want to watch along with us, you know, watch on Hulu or Tubi or whatever. And uh, so this is like what started the beginning of our unplanned hiatus was all of a sudden we get a tweet from friend of the show, Bosch, being like, hey, they took charm school off of everything. <laughs> And I was like, excuse me, <laughs> me already teetering on the brink of sanity on a regular day was like, um, excuse me. So we were lucky enough to find it on YouTube. So I guess watch along with us on YouTube or pay for it if you want. It might be on Hulu. We're broke. We can't afford Hulu Hulu right now. Just telling all of our personal business. Who gives a shit, right? Anyway, um, so watch along with us on youtube or maybe hulu who knows but either way so it just kind of started like a downward spiral of events that kind of made me reflect and realize this is a terrible intro made me realize that i think we on occasion will need to take little breaks it'll i mean you never know what's gonna happen in life there's always shit coming up no i mean like planned breaks like we're gonna have to take planned breaks because i was at a point too where like i think i was so sitting down to like take notes for the show became such a source of like stress and anxiety Mm. for me that I would like put it off put it off put it off until the very last minute which would then make me even more stressed like I do with most things in life but also takes you five hours or more I know so take notes and it takes me an episode I also work seven days a week between three jobs so obviously I don't want all of my free time devoted to this show I would like to you know watch something for fun and not have to worry about like am i should i be doing something else you know so every once in a while i think we're going to have to take a planned hiatus for a couple weeks i never really understood i mean i guess i understood why podcast did it but this is a terrible intro i'm so sorry everybody but the important thing is that we are back back on charm school guess who's back not everything needs to become a song my guy welcome back it doesn't we don't need mr (laughs) kata As you can see, we're we're still on our bullshit. Just, oh, we're yeah. back on our bullshit. It's like we never left. Yeah, no, but um, I had I had a nice relaxing break. It was nice to go a weekend and not have to think about the show. I watched some other stuff. I actually pretty much purged most reality TV from my life. And a ridiculous amount of The Sopranos. Yeah, I've just basically been watching The Sopranos. <laughs> well, actually, we went through a phase where we were watching Degrassi. Yes. And then we watched The Circle. We didn't watch all of Degrassi. We got all of the circle. We got to the shooting on Degrassi, and then we were just like, "We're not in the mood for this." And then we never wanted to pick it back up. Well, on the shooting episode. If I'm not mistaken, it was like 
we finished that, but then it was like, oh, like, let's watch something while eating dinner. So I'm like, yeah, let's switch it up. We've watched like four seasons of Degrassi, which then led to, I believe that's when we started The Circle. Yeah, we started The Circle, which is great. If you haven't watched it yet, definitely check it out. It's a lot of fun. Stick it out for a couple episodes because I was like really bored in the beginning. And then by the end, I was like gripped. Episode one was when you sit there and you're like, eh don't know if we're gonna get into this and then by the end of episode two it's like all right we gotta see what's happening yeah and then i started watching the sopranos for anybody who follows me on twitter (laughs) you're more than aware uh yeah and i love that shit i've never watched the sopranos before and it's been great all you've watched in your free time because it's excellent like no it's it's one of the best tv shows speaking of the 2000s anyway like i mean i know it is considered the greatest television show to ever exist and it's not that i didn't believe it it was more just like am i really gonna care plus there's a lot of other shows that are considered great really popular shows yeah that i have tried to watch and like i i get why people like them they're just not for me well it's more about this is more i mean it's just so well written and acted it's just oh my god james gandolfini and edie falco are doing like the best acting some of the best acting i've ever seen yeah well you see why she continues to get shows edie falco she is is phenomenal like as much as i say zendaya is like doing the best acting on euphoria like acting I think, like, she has been bummed a second for Edie Falco, who just is, like, a, I, she's a freak of nature. She does She's incredible. R.I.P. James Gandolfini. Like, yes. I love you. R.I.P. Um, and random message. Make sure you guys go to your doctors and get checked for everything. Yeah, that's actually a very good segue. <laughs> go to your doctors. Get checked out. Now that uh, we're not talking about real anymore. I know. We Yeah, no, that's James Gandolfini will be a good segue we've kind of moved this is this episode and then we'll have to find other things in the news yeah i don't know but uh, either way if you haven't watched any of this stuff degrassi sopranos circle or the sopranos watch all of them actually i just got an update that season five the last time i think we were recording episodes i was still freaking out over the crown and they announced that season five is going to be the last season wow and isn't it like a year and a half away or something well okay so we're doing season season four they're doing this has become a television podcast i guess in general but um season four is going to be the season that they're filming right now which is the one with diana and margaret thatcher and it's like and if you haven't seen the diana they got she's incredible really oh my god she looks she looks so much like her and they style her to look a lot like her too so uh this is so i guess this one is probably spanning through the 80s which is going to be weird because the guy who made who makes this show also made the movie the queen i don't know something and it's basically about like the royal family's reaction to Diana dying, quote unquote, being murdered. She was murdered. And Everyone knows she was murdered. Anyway, um, it's beyond like it's know, the same as JFK and like a well, more recent Epstein. And don't Mike's not one of those. He, I mean, he is one of those people, but not one of those weird no. ones. Anyway, <laughs> thanks. Uh, well, no, we have to establish to people that you're not one of those types of whites. Oh God. Um, so, uh, so anyway, so they're doing, they've got like up through Diana and Margaret Thatcher, which probably means into the nineties. Mm-hmm. And then, at, oh, so I was saying that they're, I guess they're skipping that period of time that was in the movie with Helen Mirren mm. that the, this guy also made. I don't know why he's so fascinated with the royal family. 
that's on him. A lot of people are. But, I mean, I know I'm technically one of them. But then season five, they're getting Dolores Umbridge from Harry Potter to play the queen in the last season, in season five. And then Is that, that the one it. who was making With, him... In all the pink... Yes. Yeah. He was like, he had to write like so, his name or whatever the hell it yep. was and it scratched him. Yep. So that's Queen Elizabeth in the fifth and final season. Interesting. I think partially because one, apparently Harry and Meghan are like, as much as we love this, sh- like as apparently they watch the show, they're like, as much as we love it, like don't include us in your bullshit. Yeah. And also I think it, it is incredibly expensive to make. Oh, I I've heard it. that it is like probably like one of, if not the most expensive television show. I believe it. Period. Anyway, I don't know. We don't have any news in the world of celeb reality, I don't think, so. I haven't seen anything crazy. Yeah. No. Um. Actually, uh, oh my god, I actually, no, shout out to um, Heather and Lacey who, from Rock of Love who just start, launched their podcast. Yes. Uh, I just actually, Heather put up a video today. It was a really great picture where I think I had... It was a picture of her, New York, and RuPaul. And wow. she was doing like a drag race thing. So good for Heather. That's pretty cool. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else with any of these people. I don't know. But check out their podcast. I haven't listened to it yet, but I'm sure that it's great. I'm, I'm going to wait till after we do ours with I don't. I don't think. No, I don't think that they're talking about Rock of Love. I think they're just talking in general. Oh, it's just kind of like a yeah. BSing? I think because they're friends that they're they have oh cool. I Honestly, I have no idea. I could be completely wrong. So, honestly, if they were smart, they'd do it about the show. They do it like Office Ladies. They probably God, I love that show. Um, I'm assuming they probably if it's not specifically about that, they bring things up at least. I mean, why kind of actually? I, uh, I lied. There is some news that I forgot this that Heather got a Brett Michaels tattoo during the course of the show. Oh my god! And she just recently got it covered up. So oh, wow. I respect that journey so much. I don't know if I'm ever going to be ready to get to Rock of Love. Like the more I see between like the other podcasts who are covering it, like mm-hmm. have made me like horrified about what's to come. I'm excited for it. So, I don't know. So, anyway, we've, this has been like 10 minutes of just nonsense. But anyway. It's a long intro. We've been gone for a little bit. We've been bit. gone for a while. We have a lot to talk to, to each yes. talk to each other about. Like, we don't see each other yeah. every day. Yeah, we don't live together. <laughs> We're not married. So, so I think this is probably the time now to get it. into the actual episode. All, all right. right. So, do, so, do the intro. It's like we've made our own episode of Charm School right there. Um, all right. Charm School, season one, episode two, titled Dirty Draws, Done Dirt Cheap. I've been singing ACDC pretty much nonstop the is last Is that what like, the episode is called? Dirty Draws, Done Dirt Cheap. Well, you know why. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I understand the song. Yeah. Dirty Draws. But I mean, that's not like the main. Dirt cheap. That's not like the main focus of no. the episode. So I don't Well, it's kind of like. When we put an episode title out there, something's not necessarily the focus, but it's a fun joke or... Yeah, but, like, they're the show. What else like, were they going to do? I don't know. I, I'm I'm not the pun person. But, yeah, so I'll it starts out with, with Heather singing a very extra version of Mary Had a Little Lamb. Did this not remind you of... Uh, oh, have you not seen Sister Act 2? I have. I, Just, I s- saw it once. Oh my god, where she goes like, all right, everyone, let's do a, a little vocal test or whatever. And she's sitting there, she has a guy tap like a key on the piano, and everyone has to sing Mary Had a Little Lamb. But not the full song, just like, Mary Had a Little Lamb. So they do it, and then it gets to the one girl who was actually, oh, I forget, she's in a bunch of shit now, but I can't remember. Is it Alana Ubach? 
probably the redheaded yeah yes. she's white yes. yes oh i love her yeah and she doesn't she's like well i don't know the words and she's like all right we'll sing something you do know and she starts singing the theme to love boat yes okay oh my god it's hilarious uh so i i think that probably they and i because i was wondering to myself like why heather was just singing this song because of all the songs you could just be walking around singing at any moment like why Mary had a little lamb and I realized probably because there are no rights to it like if she's going to be singing anything they probably have to pay for it so they like told her okay if you're going to be singing and we're going to get video of you singing can you please sing the song that isn't going to get us sued or maybe she's a very big fan of Sister Act (laughs) 2 that's probably also true but who knows I can't do it I know the theme song of the read is the remix of it oh that's true yeah yep Literally for that version. <laughs> a bunch of the ladies are eating breakfast when there's an announcement um, across the loudspeaker. And Monique tells them to put on their full uniforms and meet her in the Grand Hall for their next lesson. Yes. There's a lot of shots of them in various states of undress. I'm unclear on who this is for, considering I would assume the audience is predominantly s- straight women. And gay men? Like, who, I don't know. Who are you making this show for that you're doing this male gaze shit? VH1 was big. Yeah, no, I know, but like... I watched it. I don't know. I have a lot of... Like, the amount of stuff they do to appease men, I feel like, for this show is, like, weird to me. I mean, and this is also a part of an era when you think about it where it's like they were still in the big... Se- I mean, everything has always been sex sells. But even if you look even like wrestling, like they were still pretty much doing like bra and panties matches yeah. and like shit like that. Like they know that's what's going to bring viewers in. Yeah, but like we who know are those viewers? Those viewers are men. Well, you're th- saying they're exactly. not bringing viewers in. Let's they're bringing say, men specifically. No, you sit. Exactly. You sit there and you go, all right, all these. Stra- so viewers is synonymous with str- men. Straight women and gay men are watching this. We need to maybe expand, expand our viewer our, base. Yeah. But see, hey, let's just constantly put these girls. But in, that's like, the thing. Their bras. But see how you said that? Like men are the default. Anyway, I, I told myself because there was a lot no. of nuance in this episode that I was like, I'm going to get way too like sociological about this in a way that is probably going to bore everybody listening. So I'll try my best to tone it down. But <laughs> reading a lot into a lot of this. So all the ladies line up downstairs with notebooks and pens. And Monique tells them that. It's time for commandment number three. Thou shalt show some class. Thunderclap. Gregorian monk chant. Blah, blah, blah. So she tells them uh, that means that when you're in public, it is important that you represent yourself well. If you act like a fool, you'll be treated like a fool. So we are introduced to Miss Colette Swan, which if you were a child of the 2000s, your brain automatically went to that horrifically racist Alex Borstein character. That's exactly what just went through my mind when you did it. Of course. And I'm not going to do the impression uh, because it is something that we can leave in the past. So that or stop looking at me, Swan. Okay. It's it's a lot of Swan references for our generation. So... (laughs) She is the founder of the Colette Swan School of Etiquette. I am not sure what is going on with her accent, and I'm not going to try to... Because she's a white lady, and it's kind of like a British accent, but it's like sort of not. I'm unclear on what's happening there. She was a big Madonna fan. <laughs> so, Shatar, a.k.a. Hottie, tells us that, you know, as a direct descendant of royalty... 
which I have questions. I know all about etiquette. And I looked to my left and I saw that Heather had on hooker heels. You'd think she'd know better, but maybe that's just her day job. This is a sex work shame heavy show, probably. Yeah. But episode in particular. Uh, I think it's really more important. It's not necessarily like hooker shoes they're they're just plain ugly like (laughs) they look like they came as part of a like spencer's gifts or like sexy lingerie uh what's her name dorothy costume because they are bright red and they're peep toe and she's got them on with like white tights it's really more offensive in terms of how hideous it looks rather than like oh she looks like a hooker uh monique says that keith uh will be her eyes and ears during this challenge fuck and uh leaves them be so colette tells them uh that anywhere they're moving they should be moving gracefully and with elegance so she sets them all up to test their walks basically there's a chair across the room and she tells them to walk from where she's standing over to the chair and then back so up first is Becky, who looks a little bit wobbly in her heels, but does pretty all right, and <laughs> sits with her legs crossed at the knee, which if you learned anything about etiquette ever, you're technically supposed to cross at the ankle for the exact reason that Colette calls out, because she tells Becky that she is able to see right up her skirt. Becky is buck wild, by the way. <laughs> I feel like I have to keep doing these introductions. So Becky breaks out her excuse to say vagina so she goes when i sat down in the chair the teacher said she could see my little vagina and honestly she doesn't say it just like she screamed you sounded like you were doing more of the cartman just like no 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 just say my vagina (laughs) and but colette says and and in a move that is purely the 2000s colette says we don't want to see your britney Becky continues and is like, you know, oh, I'm not trying to show my love of Janet to anybody except for Sergeant Jones, which was the drill sergeant from their little excursion last week. Uh, and then they just do little heart eyes in her clips of him from the week prior. Although the way you said vagina and the way it was said vagina. now reminds me of that SNL thing with like, I'm all out of cash or whatever. Oh, yeah. From the Adam Driver yeah, episode. That was funny. So... Courtney, aka Goldie, yes. is up next, and Colette comments that she is swinging her butt. And Courtney, who is just a gem, I just she's just so fantastic. She just goes, "I got a big one." <laughs> Layleen is up next, and Colette tells her she should try to glide more than bounce. I'm not sure what that means. Larissa gets told that she's walking like Prince Charles, which I didn't really get it at first. And then I realize it's because she stands with her shoulders kind of pulled apart and her arms behind her back. See, my and thing- just like very like on a mission. Like it didn't yeah. come off as an, an exceptionally masculine or you know what I mean? Like it just it was, I think it was just because he does walk with his arms behind his back my like whole that. thing, though, was like they want them to walk with class and elegance. And I was like, well, who the fuck walks with more class and elegance than someone who's part of royalty? Fair. But like Prince Charles isn't necessarily like your. That's true. He didn't finish the like little tough guy run thing they do or whatever. Oh, God. Leave that anecdote alone. <laughs> What? That was a good ep- That was the only episode you saw after I complaining about one Prince Philip being a piece of shit. And you watch the one where it's like, oh, we get a sad backstory on yeah. Prince Philip. 
not such a bad guy. Yes, no, he is. I know, no, he's a piece <laughs> he's of like crap. He's like the worst guy. So up next is Jen, a.k.a. Toasty. Colette says she's walking like a robot, which feels on brand. I'm not feeling Jen at all this season. No, it's like she's just there to collect a paycheck. And they yeah. barely show her, though. They, like, really use because or, she's uh, focus on everyone else. Followed by Shay, a.k.a. Uh, what was who she? She was Bucky. Yeah. Um, Colette says it looks like something is sticking out of her skirt. It was kind of folded weird in the back. Like, wasn't there something where it was like, oh, it looked like what, it was caught on something? I thought she said it was something like up, like something's up her butt. No. Well, I mean, I, she was walking a little bit like that, but it looked like the skirt oh. was kind of stuck up in yeah. the back. Might too. have had a wedgie. Anyway, uh, last but not least is Heather. Colette asks her why she's wearing the hideous red shoes. And like Heather's like, um, I just tried to switch up the outfit a little bit. And Colette goes, it's kind of stripperish. And Heather's like, okay. Nothing like literally she that. like, like it's like she, it's computing in her brain. And she just defaults into like, okay. So then they try this again, but with books on their heads this time. Becky goes first again and keeps messing up. And Jen, of all fucking... Jen, in her talking head, goes, Becky is very unladylike. That girl has no charm. Ma'am, on a show about drunk bitches, you were the drunkest of bitches. You made a whole ass of yourself on national television prior. You do not get to call the kettle anything. Like, you don't get, you don't have the right. You don't have the range. Somebody, words of New York, somebody lied to her several times. You know, like, I just, I don't know. That shit really pissed me off. Not that I'm, like, a huge Becky stan, but, like, you know, if you're going to criticize her... There are other, there's plenty more to work with. So Crystal, aka Sirius, has this little pompadour thing going on with her ponytail and is like, oh, you're totally ruining my mohawk, but it's for a good cause. So first of all, sis, not a mohawk, so whatever. But she's a pain in the ass, this one. I like her. Of course you do. (laughs) Anyway, so she crushes it and that's that on that. Yes. So they take it to the table to discuss table manners. Dara reminds us in her talking head that her table manners were notoriously atrocious. Then we get some flashback clips to her just being a slob at the table. And they were bad. They were they were so bad. So this is like exactly what she needs. Colette tells them um, a really good tip that I feel like I knew... But then I feel like because didn't in foods class, they taught us table etiquette. Oh, yeah. So I I had forgotten this, that you're supposed to if you're not sure which plate is yours, like the bread plate or whatever in the dinner plate, you do you take your hands and you make an OK sign with your hand. And the one that looks like a D is the dinner plate. And the one that looks like a B is a bread plate. So did a white supremacist invent oh. etiquette? I mean, probably technically, yes. Well, technically, no, that is true. <laughs> wow. I mean, inadvertently, it all comes back to that. Circle game, got to bring it back. But anyway, so the way they're holding their hands, 
you know, does kind of look like the bee, which is like synonymous with, you know, the bloods. So Safari tells us in a talking head, she's like, listen, in my neighborhood or at my table, if we threw some symbols like that, we've been slapped across the face because my day was not going to have no gangbangers up in his house. (laughs) I remember it halfway through that I like doing my impression of her. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Colette is going over forks and Laylene is so confused. Laylene, I, as bad as I felt for her during Flavor of Love, it has multiplied. She clearly has a lot of like problems. Anxiety. I, that, so that's what I was going to say. We can talk about it a little bit later too, is like, I feel like I, watching her is like watching my inner monologue. Oh, my God. That that's no, I'm being dead serious. Like, I feel like that's how I tend to, like, approach life where it's like regular, stupid, silly things that it's like everybody goes through life not being good or perfect or knowledgeable about every single thing they do all day. But like the crippling fear. Well, we can talk about that a little bit more. But anyway, so she's sitting at the table and she's like not understanding a single thing, asking a million questions. None of it is really resonating with her to the point that I feel like she has some kind of like processing thing like she's got like a, a I say this as somebody with a learning disability like I, I I don't know so much of watching her felt like a lot like how I would be if I wasn't so embarrassed to admit it I guess like she's asking a lot of questions and wait like and everybody's clearly getting very annoyed with her even Courtney who's generally like a pretty good sport is being like just o- li- open up your ears and listen you know but she's and but Laylene's doing everything she needs to do in she order to freaking really... out again. Yeah. So, granted, some of the questions are good, and some of the questions are kind of common sense. Like you know, Laylene asks, "What happens when you realize you're starting to get tipsy from drinking?" And Colette's like, "Just say you don't want anymore." Like, you know, it's like, well, she said it more politely than that. Well, no, she says, Claude tells her to say, you know, like, oh, no, thank you. I'm, I'm fine. You know, like, don't keep accepting wine is generally the gist of it. Stop drinking. And then Laylene is like, okay, so when is an appropriate time to like, you know, make a toast? And Claude's like, well, typically after dessert, but if you'd like to make one now. And Laylene is literally like, what? (laughs) Her eyes get real wide. And it's like, well, I mean, you did kind of. Open up am, am the I discussion. To, am I supposed to have butter on my plate when I make a toast? Stop. Don't oh, make come fun of on. her. So Laylene is like Don't in a talking fun. head and she's like, Oh, I can't breathe. I feel like I'm gonna have an anxiety attack. And it's like, well, you did kind of ask to do this. And things get like really super slow-mo and her eyes get real wide. And but she does stand up to make one and she's like, May we all graduate and be successful at term school and our everyday lives. And Colette kind of like shrugs like she's not super impressed, but the ladies all start cheersing and Colette's like, don't clink, don't clink. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't know, to me, I, I mean, I get that the point of this is she's supposed to play up how disgusted she kind of is with their lack of etiquette. But to me, it seemed rude and very unetiquette which I know is not a word, but it seemed really rude the way she was like so visibly annoyed, you know, like, and honestly, I think it would have been funnier for her to just be sort of like downplay, like, you know, trying to be polite, but like, you know, every once in a while she would have like a eyes 
getting wide like what the hell are you doing type thing if she had tried to be polite throughout instead of just being like another person making them feel like shit during the course of the show you're clinking glasses like strippers yeah i mean i was waiting for her to say that and also like back to Laylin for just a hot second like not everybody is graduating charm school that's the point it's a competition (laughs) she doesn't really understand a lot but it's okay So Keith comes back out and says, ladies, some of you have a lot to learn. I fucking hate him. Uh, But tells them later on they'll be put to the test. Laylene in her talking head is like, oh, I'm nervous about the test because I don't know how to eat with a knife and fork. And usually I just eat with my hands. And I'm like, I want to know what your life is like. I'm like sad for you constantly. What do you do when you have like a steak? I don't feel like she eats a ton of steak. Shit. Maybe she's like a vegetarian. Well, how do you eat your salad? <laughs> That's right. It's even worse with a salad. <laughs> One leaf at a time. So a bunch of them are like reviewing etiquette books in their rooms. And uh, Monique gathers them in for what I think actually is the barbershop when it was the I Love New York house. Where they were standing. Remember that they had the little barbershop room oh, that yeah, was in yeah, between yeah, yeah. the other rooms. That's I right. think that's where they're all standing. Uh. And tells them that there's a special guest coming to the house. And it is Andrew Firestone, heir to the Firestone Winery. Which it's like, that's not really the more impressive part of his credit, to be honest. Like, family. I mean, so Firestone, they mean Firestone like the tires. Like, they literally do. If you Google him, I remember that being a thing because they also bring up later that he was the bachelor yes. at one point. Like, that was a huge thing because it was like, okay, Firestone Tires are a household name. Yes. I think it's a household name brand. So, I don't know. I was wondering why they didn't bring that up, but I don't know if it was like Firestone Tires was like, don't fucking associate us with that shit. Like, (laughs) Also possible. But it's interesting that they do bring up The Bachelor because we wouldn't be here on this show without the bachelor to be honest as yeah. much as i don't like giving the bachelor props it's probably why they did it they had to put it over in some sense well i mean of all the people they could have picked i mean there are plenty of other like good looking eligible men that weren't necessarily affiliated with that show that's true i just was surprised that they were willing to acknowledge that the bachelor is a show that exists again well actually they did on the first episode of flavor of love because that was his whole thing i'm the bachelor you know it's an audio medium, right? Like shaking your head doesn't do anything for the people yeah, at home. I don't know. I didn't have a response to it. Okay. Anyway, so I, I recall the line the black chiller. So anyway, so she they're all gonna be spending time with Andrew Firestone. Uh the kicker is they have to pair up and then they'll have fifteen minutes to spend with them. From each pair, he will select one of the two women to have dinner with him, and from that group of I think, how many is it? Six? From that group of six, he will then choose two. For dessert, yep. And then from that two, one will go to a special event with Andrew the following night and will be safe from elimination. It is important to note that they are told a special event with Andrew in terms of how things play out later on. So they have to determine amongst themselves who's going to be paired up and... You can tell who's like, just like, I'm just here to have fun and who's here to like completely take down their opponent. So 
Shatar is the first to be like, oh, yeah, pair me up with Heather because she's a whole idiot. Like, you know, I don't know. I can't understand what they're saying to one another, basically. But Shatar is grabbing her own boobs for some reason during this yes. scene. I'm unclear on why. I'm, I'm assuming she's like, hey, I have these big boobs. He's going to choose me because of it or something like that. I don't know. Which I have no idea what they were saying. And I was mm-hmm. like, I'm just going to pretend that's what was going on. Uh, Larissa says uh, she wants to be she thinks that she has the best shot against Brooke or Crystal. Larissa and Shay start yelling at Brooke like, I want to be your partner. No, I want to be your partner. And Shay says to Brooke's face, the whole point of this is to pick somebody you think you can beat. And I think I can beat you. So <laughs> simple as that. Yeah. And the but then uh, Brooke says, you know, what if I want to be Boots's partner? And Shay's like, then be Boots's partner and storms off. I just have to remind myself that she's like 20, 23 and the yes. oldest. So all of this makes sense. Brooke, in her mind, thinks that she's picking Larissa because she's younger and can use things against her. And the fact that I have an education. Okay. So Heather's like telling us that they only have 30 minutes to get ready. But as she's trying to get her outfit together, she realizes that one of her, like that several of her items, yes. clothing items have been stolen. And she's not the only person. Yeah, but she's like the main person. Yes. So she's like asking around and she's like telling us how expensive her dress was. And, you know, it's $400 dress, like $1,500 BCBG suit and blah, blah, blah. And like Brooke is, Brooke is also like, hey, some of my shit's missing. Like the fuck? So Courtney starts asking Shatar, like, you know, they're all kind of trying to be helpful and like look for each other's stuff. And Shatar is standing in the closet and Courtney's like, oh, you know, check in your closet to see if all your stuff is there. And Shatar is like, well, I have this purple towel in my uniform and oh, that's so sad. But as soon as Courtney starts walking away, she like does, you know, Shatar does this like devious like smile laugh. This is actually a pretty famous gif too and it's probably going to be the Is it? Yeah. It's going to be a the gif that I use for the social video. Nice. But just I don't know. She's so Shatar is so evil. So she's like in a talking head, she's like, I just have to win this competition. And if it means hiding a dress, that's fine. So then we get production footage of her taking a giant set of clothes. And going to the kitchen island and there's like cabinets in the kitchen island with drawers and she puts all of that stuff in the kitchen island. Why she is doing this is beyond me. Like. Anything to the advantage. Yeah, but like, why? Just be better. Like, just be best. Like, do your best. I was best. waiting for it. I almost said it myself. Be your best. And like. If you really think you're that strong of a competitor, you don't need to resort to shit like that. But whatever. Producers. So Heather is literally like crying. And as much as Heather gets on my fucking nerves, I am kind of with her where I'm the kind of person where it's small inconveniences like that, especially when it comes down to money. And then Heather kind of explains a little bit later that like it's not just that it costs money it was that like her family kind of got together to buy her these yes. things and that's when i was like you know you, as an audience member you're like okay well that i understand that i feel a little bit more bad about you know that your family like scrounged up this money to exactly. put together yeah. and you know you're you lost this thing 
oh wait I forgot so Heather goes into the bathroom to start crying and Shatar is like at first like oh no don't cry don't cry and then as Heather's shutting the door she's like wait I need my rollers so it's like don't cry because I need yeah, some was, shit from the bathroom that was funny and but anyway so in a talking head Heather's like I don't understand like I'm trying to better myself and like this is fair like why would somebody do this to me and Brooke is like I'm tired of this. Like, we need to fucking find these clothes. Like, uh, we don't all have the energy for this. Be proactive. Right. So she's taking charge and, like, looking, really considering she's, like, fully dressed with shoes on, is, like, really tearing up the house looking for the stuff. She went everywhere. Yeah. It's very impressive. And then finally, which I don't know what led her to finally look in the kitchen because, granted, I'm a terrible look. I'm terrible at finding things. So I'm like the worst. If you tell me like, oh, look here for that thing. I'm like, I'm. No, I find everything of yours. You do moves. constantly. Um, <laughs> my mom. That was my mom before I moved in with you. That yes. was my mom was that person. I'm just terrible at looking for things. So finally, Brooke works her way into the kitchen and finds all of the stuff. So Heather is like, I can't believe how catty it is like at charm school. And it's like, I don't know who you thought that you were dealing with like i'm torn between being like that's really fucked up that shahar did that and being like well heather i don't really know what sort of like kumbaya bullshit you were expecting from this experience but you were wrong so she gets her dress on and all is well and shatar is basically unfazed by this she tells us because her intent was just to rattle heather enough to throw her off her game in her head which i'm like what sort of adaptability what sort of adaptability i have a lot of questions about what goes on in shatar's head that it is constantly like how i can spin things to my advantage where it's like that has to be fucking exhausting where at any given moment you can't tell anybody that you're you can't let anybody see you sweat, but not in a way that's like inspirational or like positive or motivational. It's literally just like, I don't want to look, I don't want anybody to think slightly less of me. Like, I don't want them to find me any less powerful or in control of the situation, which I'm like, that is really sad that she lives like that. Yeah. Like, that is her internal monologue every day. She can't let anybody see her so remotely we think. vulnerable. So we think. But the thing is, I can't imagine that this is only for television. I mean, I'm sure there's probably people in her life that she's vulnerable with. But, like, if you're going into your interactions with most people in your life like this. Well, we didn't see too much of her from, uh, was it Blind Date or whatever? They didn't show too much, but she did seem kind of similar. Yeah, and that's the thing. When she goes into, well, we'll get to what she does from here on out. Basically, I'm just, like, just really confused by what goes on in her brain. So it's time for the interviews and they introduce Andrew and they play this weird, sexy music, which I remember thinking at in the 2000s, like, oh, yeah, he's really hot. And then like now seeing him as an adult, I'm like, ew. Like, I mean, he's not like a bad looking guy, but I'm just like, he's very like for the 2000s, like his hairstyle and his like very angular face. And I, I don't know, just things have changed. So Becky tells us in a talking head that she never watched The Bachelor because she doesn't like those corny white people shows, but he's actually pretty cute. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, and the whole thing is if they're like setting him up, like they really set these ladies up to fail by giving them very different directions a couple 
different times about what's happening here. What so mean? they were like, I feel like they're kind of framing it as in like, oh, he's going to be getting to know you one on one and he's going to be bringing you to this event yeah. that it's kind of like, OK, well, you want us to find a decent, respectable man. And he was a bachelor. So I, you would assume that he's single, except for the fact that I think he's like. So he got engaged to the woman at the end of the show, but obviously they didn't get married. And then he got married in 2008, and this was 2007 that okay. this was airing. So it's like he probably wasn't available, most likely. They probably True. caught him in a – or if they did, they caught him in a very small window of time where he was available. But for all intents and purposes, they're by framing him as a bachelor, you would think that they're making him like, oh. The bachelor. Right, like that you, <laughs> that you might have a chance with him. So he lets them know that – Firestone Winery is releasing a selection of new wines and one of them gets to come to the release party for a group of wine experts. They do not specify that it's a date, but they also do not specify that they have to work. Yes. Important. Keep all of this in the back of your mind. So he's looking, he tells them he's looking for someone with class, grace, and elegance. They're divided into pairs again and then six ladies will join him for dinner and then from that two ladies will be chosen from dessert. Right, right, right. So as he's being introduced, Monique and Mickey are down there with him and they're like, okay, but we'll be watching from our office of this whole interaction. Of course. So the first two ladies up are Dara and Safari. Andrew asks if they've ever learned anything about wine and Safari actually gives a pretty good answer. She's like, only as a drinker. (laughs) Which I mean, it's not a bad answer. Like, you know, you got to just. She's being honest. Right. She's being honest. So uh, Dara says actually that she's been up to central and northern New York where there are a lot of vineyards. It's actually a pretty legitimate wine region. Yeah. It's considered pretty prestigious. We have not done enough of that. Granted, it's far from us, but Very. consider given like where drive. given where your sister and brother-in-law live, like we could go. Well, not even that. We can go to... Who's the it? Finger Lakes are an hour oh. from them. Yeah, but there's also like the ones in like Long Island and shit too. That's true. Oh, I've done and those. And we have a bunch of breweries Ooh, around us and stuff. Good times. I got shit wrecked at one of those, but yes, it was it was yes, a good time. Did. They actually closed the one that I had the most fun at. I'm really sad about it. Yeah, you drank all the wine. <laughs> Five years ago. <laughs> well, they closed f- four years and 364 days ago. Oh, please. Uh, so Andrew asks if they've traveled and Dara is like, oh yeah, I've been to Paris and Safari is like, I've never been outside the US. So he invites Dara to dinner. Dara also, while Safari was doing a really good job kind of staying focused on the task, Dara just, just seems like a very professional presence yeah for what they're doing with etiquette she was doing very well and given her struggles in the past let's call them you know well they're not eating yet so right so safari says in her talking head that he thinks that andrew picked her because she is fat and he knew that she'd enjoy the food which is like what fucking sense would that make goofy up next goofy (laughs) up next is crystal and shay uh, he asked, Andrew asked if they've ever had any fights or altercations during the course of Flavor of Love. Shay says that she did. And Crystal says that I'm a lover, not a fighter. And then compliments his pink socks. He invites Crystal for dinner. Up next is Courtney and Laylene. <laughs> Yikes. So Courtney asks if Andrew's like, oh, she was like, oh, do you live in California? And, you know, oh, and have you done reality TV before? And I don't know if 
it was her intention to kind of make it like you know the the reality tv question in particular it kind of came across to me as sort of just being like who are you to be judging us yes but i don't know i don't know if that was her intention but it's kind of true like you're just on the other end of that like sir and they were she told them that he was the bachelor yeah no but that's what i'm saying so you know he was on reality that's kind of what makes me feel like she was doing that to be yeah. like who the fuck do you think you are but not in like a mean way but in sort of just like a taking him down like a playfully taking him down a peg yeah kind of no, way that's true. and andrew's like kind of taken aback by the fact that she's asking him questions yes and going like oh i thought i was gonna be the one you know doing the interviewing whatever i'm the man and uh he asks if they think the show is going to be helpful to them and Layleen's like Thank you for asking. And I do. And I'm excited to be here. And I, I'm excited to apply what I'm learning here in everyday life. And Andrew invites her to dinner. And literally it comes down to like, one, he probably finds her attractive. Yes. But also it probably comes down to the fact that like, she didn't like, she, he's annoyed at Courtney for asking him questions. <laughs> like it what could the be fuck? That. I what wonder if dickhead. the producers gave him the people to choose. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if that played into it. Or an influence, at least. Maybe. But also, it was kind of like... I mean, also, we're seeing clips to frame it a certain way. So, it's like... That's also true. Because the thing is, everything we watched, where I was like, yeah, I kind of understood why he picked this person. And plus, like, Courtney's got... Like, to not... To be frank about it, like, Courtney's got a pretty strong accent that makes her sound like a dumb hick. I'm not calling her that. I'm just saying, like, to somebody who's probably got it who's like an elitist kind of person like Laylene, you know who doesn't who got more like a standard just sounds like a standard american not necessarily any specific sort of region that like it it's probably some of the stereotypes related to class that's true so he picks her and courtney now we love her we all make mistakes she goes Oh, like, I shouldn't have picked her ass. You know, men love Asian women. (laughs) Which I was like, you know, you know, I get it. Like, especially as like a black woman in terms of like desirability. If you ask, especially, I'm I'm sorry, I'm going to get real stereotypical here. But if you ask your average white man who is more attractive, a black woman or an Asian woman, I feel like most of them would lead Asian. I don't you I don't think you could generalize it that much or simplify it that much. There are black women out there who understand what I'm saying. I'm just saying. I'm speaking from the point of view of a white man. Who's attracted to black women. Yes. <laughs> well. So your opinion's a little biased. All, well, <laughs> all women. Thank you very much. I'm just saying you're but, married to a black one. So. <laughs> you're not exactly as neutral of a party here as you seem to Well, it doesn't mean I don't find Asian women attractive. I'm not like saying I that do. you don't. I'm just saying you've made your choice. Well, it, you're going right back to yes. There's no anyway. So uh, like you know, attractive. settle down. So Courtney's like, oh yeah, men love Asian women, and she was like, don't let Lean look like she can love him long time. And I was like, oof, yikes. I was with you up until that part. So up next is Becky and Jen. Andrew asks them if they like wine and Becky says oh I love you know I love wine I love the Francis Coppola Red Zin and he's like oh it's one of my favorites as well and Jen 
this fucking bitch goes oh Jesus. where did i can't fucking stand her so jen goes where'd that come from you look like you should be drinking a 40 out of a paper bag and it's like ma'am well also i did my googles to to confirm this but basically francis coppola and the firestone vineyard or whatever are basically competitors they're they're at the same price point more or less gotcha i compared like several different wines well i was gonna say yeah it depends on well, i don't know understand i don't know how to say it yeah but i tried to do like the year and the the it's like style you look of like wine. johnny walker and you'd be like all right like there's like red blue black like yeah no i tried to compare years and varietals gotcha. and do a price point comparison and they come out about the same okay so and it's not like you know i mean there's no such I'm the bitch who still enjoys uh, the occasional boxed wine, so I'm not exactly a sommelier over here. But <laughs> I also don't. No matter how expensive a wine is, I don't think there's that huge of a difference in taste. Well, that's because we have uncultured palates. There's probably somebody it's not out about there. Cold. Yes, the it is. It literally here. is. That's like that. That's like saying there's no difference between different types of like. Don't you dare sweatpants. Say- no, it's there's different materials. Yeah, it's quality materials. You're making something out of better quality materials. But it might not taste good. But that's the point. You We're can not going to argue about wine. You can get a $500 glass of wine and like a $10 glass of wine. We've never even had a glass of We've never even had a $500. I, okay. You've never had like a $200 glass of wine. That's fine. But what I'm saying, you've if you've Basically, ever- you're not really in a position to make those sort of judgments. Because you've never had all right, not that quality of but, wine. All right, well, I've had whiskey or bourbon that is up there in price, and to me, it doesn't taste that much better or is not that much smoother than more of the cheaper stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's obviously like the piss having, stuff. You're that's not like sitting having like a genuine comparison. You're probably doing it in like a slog it down kind of scenario. No, you have to sip the expensive shit. Get the hell out of here. Okay all your high class experiences oh yeah anyway so i wear tuxedo t-shirts to these drinkings oh fuck you um (laughs) andrew asked jen now if she likes wine and she says in a talking head that she's looking to get rid of the toasty image so she straight up fucking lies and says no i don't drink wine at all which is like i see where your head is at but like why in a competition to in, in this competition where you're trying to like promote a brand of wine would you say that you don't you there's plenty of room between not drinking wine and being a drunk idiot on national television there's like a lot of gray area in between those two like those venn diagrams you just pick yeah i like some reds boom yeah right and that would be a normal thing to say a red than a white drinker done they they uh but she does get white girl wasted but um what I thought was really interesting here is I wondered the only thing I'm willing to give her a little bit of slack on is how much she was hold on I'm losing my train of thought oh if she was under the impression that this was for a date or for the event or if she understood that she would be ultimately doing what the challenge required of her because had maybe had she known that she would be working, she would have been able to find that gray area. Instead, if she thinks that she's like going on a date with him or being his plus one to an event. Doing like a wine tour. Right. That she would probably. But either either way, like the whole point of this is about like promoting a wine. Like you knew it was going to be promoting a wine in some yes. capacity. 
you maybe she just didn't want to win who knows but uh he ultimately invites becky to dinner and she says in a talking head she instantly turned the becky on and fooled his ass it's like said a mouthful right there but little did you know so up next is larissa and brooke Andrew says he remembers Brooke from Flavor of Love and she acknowledges that it's probably from the spitting incident and she's like, oh, but I just want to let you know that I do regret it. So he asks Larissa what she thinks about it and she says she thinks it's the worst thing you can do to somebody is to spit on them. He then asks them who they think should go to dinner with him tonight and Larissa's like, I think I should because I want to know a little bit more about you. And literally she starts like giving him like fuck me eyes and like they play all this like twinkling, you know, noises in the background and Monique and Mickey are like in shock in the other room just being like, what the fuck is this girl doing? Mm -hmm. And uh, so he invites Larissa to dinner ultimately, which was kind of surprising I guess, well, I guess not really, because I'm sure he pretty much had his mind made up about Brooke. He yes. was like, whoever the spitting bitch is, I'm not picking her, no exactly. matter who she's up against. And Brooke is like, well, I got, he's not cute anymore, blah, blah, Oh, So last but not least, we have um, Heather and Shatar. Andrew asks, you know, like, oh, how's it going? You know, whatever. And Shatar turns to Heather and goes, I just want to say that I think you regained your composure quite nicely since finding your gown. I should have hidden it better. And next time I'll be sure to do that. Uh. And Heather is gobsmacked like and Monique and Mickey are in the other room basically just being like, hold up. What did she just say? And then, you know, Andrew is like, um, what? And Shatar's like, oh, I'm just commenting on her gown. And Monique is, like, talking to the TV in the other room and just being like, Heather, hold together, keep your composure, whatever. So Andrew asks them if they enjoy drinking wine, and he- uh, Heather says she doesn't really know, and then launches into the whole story about the dress. Like, basically, there's... Like, not only does she not keep her composure, where it's like she could have answered the questions and just been, like, shooken up, but no, mm-hmm. she just, like, tells him, which he probably didn't really Let care. the fire burn inside worry about it later just shot a fireball so uh she launches into the whole story and monique says in her talking head that like heather is just like tends to play the victim you know you've got the dress on now and ultimately that's what's more important yes or at least like important in the moment and andrew's like so basically heather's telling this whole story and he's like um this probably needs to be like a conversation for later but like we're launching this wine tomorrow so like Shut up. So he asks Shatar if uh, she's able to hold it together in front of a crowd. And she says, you know, that it's a breeze for her. And she's wonderful at smiling and selling a product and making it look great. So obviously he chooses Shatar to go to dinner. She actually is an Ivy League grad. She went to UPenn, I saw. Oh, wow. Or she claims she did. Who fucking knows? That bitch lies. Ah, she edited her own Wikipedia. No, it's not her Wikipedia. It's like her website, which also oh, wow. lists her also. one of her credits as a former Girl Scout. As if that's a relevant, as if that's a relevant thing to bring up Maybe as a woman in your in 30s. Although. As, you were a full adult. They told me to take my sorority off my resume. And that was several years ago. Because if you. She should have done well or better, rather, on the first challenge than with her wilderness skills. What? Is oh, Girl Scout. One? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it depends. I, we didn't really do a lot of wilderness stuff as Girl Scout. I didn't. You were a Girl Scout? Of course I was. Wow. I, 
You yeah. learn something new every day. Oh, that's true. I guess I never I, mentioned that. Really? Not once. Really? Never has come out, especially for someone that hates the outdoors as much as you do. Because we never did any of that shit. We did a lot of crafts. That's still fun, though. Yeah. Anyway, so Shatar is like gloating and being annoying. And as soon as like they walk back into like the makeshift green room, more or less where all the other ladies are sitting, Heather's like, that bitch won and she stole my dress. And Brooke's like, Heather, uh, Shatar, you better watch your shit because like, we're going to fuck it up. And Shatar is like, don't be mad because you didn't win. And <laughs> so Shatar says in a talking head that all the other girls are just up in arms because I took Heather's little rags. Mm-hmm. And literally, I think they, I think they show Crystal, I think, giving her the finger. Like, in the actual, like, real time. Yeah. So Heather's like, oh, it's on and popping now. And Shatar goes, at least I was honest about it. And Brooke fucking straight books it upstairs. And, like, a bunch of the other ladies follow her. She does that little, like, slowly walking away when no one's looking. And and then then she starts going and everyone's like, ah, oh, my God, what's she doing? And then Shatar's like, leave my stuff alone. You guys like in this horrible high whiny voice and brooke's like we have all the rights to your stuff because you took rights to ours and it's like it's not really legally how that works so shatar is like doubling down in her talking head saying this is a competition and i'll do what i have to do to survive uh back in real time what the eddie guerrero of like i don't know what that means well uh, minus the whining and the bitching but his one of his gimmicks used to be lie, cheat, steal. Like he does anything to win. He always came up with really fucking clever ways to win, though, and like some funny shit too. Like there's okay. one one great one. He's against Kurt Angle, who does the ankle lock, so he like unties his shoe, but like Kurt Angle doesn't see, so he goes to do the ankle lock. The shoe slips. Oh, it's awesome. The boot, I should say, it's on the shoe. Okay. A lie, a cheat, a steal. So back in real time, uh, Brooke tells Shatar, like, so they're kind of arguing back and forth in the room, in one of the rooms. And Brooke is like, oh, put on deodorant because, like, whatever you smell. And Shatar is like, I guess that means your nose is, like, way too close to me then. Which actually is, like, a pretty good comeback, (laughs) I guess. And Brooke's like, no, it means your arms are so big that it just exudes up to my nose. There's that college education at work. Uh, and Shatar is like, oh, please, not everybody has to be anorexic. And then Brooke, like, launches into this whole thing. I'm not anorexic, which technically she wasn't calling her anorexic. No. So, like, so I, mean, maybe I could she see. Is? No, the thing is, I could see how Brooke would have took it that taken it that way. Yeah. But, like, that was clearly not Shatar's intention in saying that. Yes. And, um,. Shatar is like, I'm not saying that you are. And then Brooke's like lifting up her dress and she's like, does this look like I'm anorexic? That's and weird. She just starts flashing her. Which is like such a weird way to make your point. Like, what is showing her your body? This is the second time someone's done it to her too. Was it season one where Crystal like lifts up her shirt and like flashes her boobs? Oh yeah, you're right. That's a good point. Like, why does everybody have to keep doing that to her? And then, but Shatar's reaction is like, ah! my eyes i'm too young to see this and like brooks like following her out of the room with the dress up it's, it's so stupid like you can tell that they're fucking bored yeah there's like just trolling it. each other exactly so it's time for dinner and becky in a talking head says she's excited for 
excited but nervous and for right now buck wild can go to the side which is like again it's like does it count as code switching if you're a white person i know the answer is no it just kind of makes me laugh uh andrew says he wants to get to know them and shatar launches right into this thing about how she does charity work andrew asks dara what she thinks of shatar's charity work and dara says she doesn't really like to <laughs> she says something that sounds really fucked up but like i get where her thought process was where she's like I don't really like to talk about charity work (laughs) but what she's trying to say is like I don't like to talk about the charity work that I do she doesn't brag she doesn't like to brag about it is what she's saying but she says uh she doesn't like to be boisterous about it which is not what the word boisterous means but you know that she takes pride it's something she takes pride in but doesn't really ultimately like to brag about so good answer technically just poorly phrased good answer good answer good answer good answer uh, Andrew asks for Becky to share something about herself and she's like oh I'm pretty funny and then does this rap because we cannot escape Miss New Booty for some reason but she does her own version she's like they call me Miss No Booty when I turn around I got no back to me <laughs> just like very funny well you got a kick out of it I did I it was funny she- and I'm like I, as much as they make it try to be like oh can you believe she did that it was like I don't know he asked her something about herself and she was trying to make conversation it when she wasn't even doing no, i don't know she could have been more embarrassing with it and more extra and i don't think this was as bad as it could have been oh yes it could be a lot worse so andrew asked them which of the ladies has what it takes to win this challenge and larissa's like oh i can't really answer that which is like you went from being like, oh, I'm trying to flirt with him to being like, my guess is that midway through she had it explained like in between the din- the interviews and dinner, somebody explained to her, no, this isn't for a date. Like mm-hmm. this is you'll have to work. Yes. And Larissa was like, well, I don't want to fucking work. I want to date a rich guy. Yes. And she was just checked all the way out from there on. Peace. Out. Laylene says in her talking head, Miss Swan said that if you want it, you like you should try to have a positive conversation. And Larissa didn't use this as her time to shine, which I was actually kind of surprised because Larissa is like very competitive, typically, that I would think that even though she would have to work, that she would want to win just because she likes to win. If you win, you're safe. Yeah. It's all that freaking matters. Yeah. So... Then Andrew is like, oh, so, you know, like $50,000, like, what do you, what do you all want to do with it? And Crystal goes on this whole fucking thing about how it's more than just the money. It's about learning lessons and integrity and blah, blah, blah. They just, is this the scene where they make it like she just keeps talking and talking and talking? Yeah. So they do a bunch of like quick cuts and just, that makes it look like she's just been going on and on. So Laileen gets up and decides to make a toast, you know, thanking Andrew for the invite and wishing the ladies luck. Monique in the talking head is actually very proud of her, which I thought was very sweet. (laughs) And uh, Andrew wraps things up by saying tomorrow he's got a short amount of time to present himself to the group of people and says Shatara and Dara uh, presented themselves extremely well. And that that is who he wanted to see for dessert to choose between. So Larissa goes on this weird thing where she's like, oh, if he's so intrigued by Shatar, like I should have just bent over and shook my ass like I've been doing. Which like whichever. I'm like, right. Like I don't understand her logic here. It's like he's not picking them based on how attracted he is. It's like who he thinks will do the best presentation. Exactly. She's not very bright. It doesn't seem. 
So last but not least, we have dessert with the two ladies. So they head outside to the yard where there's a couch and a chair set up and hand, he hands them a plate of cake and he asks Dara what he thinks, what she thinks the best case scenario is at the end of the show. And she says that she can take the winnings and maintain my lifestyle as it was, which it's like, I want to know what she was doing before. Mm-hmm. Like, that $50,000 wouldn't be like. That's true. $50,000 would be huge for us. Like, if I won $50,000 right be now. Very excited. And, uh,. Shatar says in a talking head, you know, Heather was really easy to beat, but like I've got to work a little bit harder to try to outsmart Dara because mm-hmm. Dara is like a formidable opponent. like opponent in this case. Yes. So Andrew asked Shatar about her family and she says her mom was a physician, but she was in a car accident where she was hurt so badly and that she had to use a wheelchair for two years. And any time that, you know, she, I guess, says shatar has to walk a red carpet or have to drive somewhere and then she kind of starts like crying and dara the talking head is like oh this is faker than her weave blah blah blah. she's full of shit and at first i was like oh yeah probably because all shatar seems to do is lie yes but i had a thought Uh uh-oh remember when red oyster got eliminated yes and the reason why Red Oyster got eliminated, which if you haven't watched Flavor of Love, what the fuck are you doing here? When Red Oyster got eliminated, it was supposedly because her father got into a car accident. Yes. And, you know, she comes when she's saying goodbye to everybody. She comes up to New York and that's when New York's like, I think that was the scene where she was like, you're the only bitch in this house I ever respected. I'm pretty sure that's when. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Oh, no, that might have been during the reunion. No, no, I think I, she says no, that during right, yeah. uh, no during the elimination. But if we remember going back to the iconic line of the week that week, she's saying goodbye to New York and Shatar kind of leans over and goes like, oh, a similar thing happened to me in college. And Red Oyster cuts her right the fuck off and is like, don't make this about you. Like, shut up. Yeah. And I was like, oh, so maybe this, this is, is true. This was like, I mean, she's saying, you know, is, car- yeah. Like, it was a car accident. Like, I mean, I, now, granted, do I think that she pulled this story out and, like, turned on the waterworks a bit about of it? Course, of course. Yes. But I believe that this is a genuine anecdote. Thoughts? I yeah, I know. I feel, before. I'm very proud of myself I for forgot, having that kind uh, of recall. I forgot about that moment, but now, no, that makes sense. Yeah. So I do think that that Damn. genuinely happened to her. I know. I'm very proud. I was very proud of myself. <laughs> for doing that kind of detective work because normally I'm pretty dumb. Uh, We get a quick clip of back upstairs and Brooke is like rifling through Shatar's stuff and telling us in like a talking head voiceover that first she's like, I just wanted to hide the stuff. But then she realized like, oh, I'm basically doing the same thing that Shatar did. And rather I'd rather do something that kind of takes it up a notch. She wants to find the route that would be the most humiliating thing to have happen on national television. And she, for those who don't remember or for who haven't watched yet, there are pictures of them above their beds, which is how ultimately they determined who was in what room. Yes. Brooke takes a pair of Shatar's underwear that apparently have like discharge stains on them for all intents and purposes. 
so it seems the way they they do kind of make it like oh she's got like a yeast infection she probably just has more discharge like i cannot believe i'm saying discharge this many times yes uh, like i don't want to be thinking about Sh- like shatar's discharge but like you know she takes a pair of her underwear and hangs it like over the portrait and like you know she's like brooke goes oh like i'm putting might as well put them on blast like Flav would say so Heather, Brooke, and some of the other girls like come into the room and just like look at it and like laugh at it and like which is insane to me because I I guess I get Brooke's logic, but like I there are better ways to get back at somebody than to pick up their dirty underwear. Very much so. Like that's more embarrassing for you than it is for Exactly the person well, you're trying a, to embarrass you use like a glove or something that you'll be okay. but i it doesn't seem like she no. did well because they even or they asked like did you well wash becky your hands becky is the only one to ask her like oh like did you wash your hands and heather and uh brooke is like no and becky's like ew fucking do that <laughs> which then makes me think that brooke is the kind of and i shouldn't get into stereotypes i had a funny joke about this back to dessert andrew pulls out an a literal invite and says it's a hard decision uh, because they both are so charming and well-spoken, which is like kind of cringy when you're talking to the black people. But uh, it says he's looking for someone who can be a sidekick and help him through this, which again is like, pretty misleading. Mm-hmm. And ultimately the person he chooses is Shatar. Andrew walks away and Shatar is like, oh my gosh, I've just sorted out what I'm going to wear. And Dara's like, you better hope they don't hide any of it. <laughs> Or burn it right because that's what i was expecting like because i obviously as i mentioned before i watched these shows in the past but i haven't seen them since that like in my mind i'm surprised they didn't cover her stuff in like soap and food and toothpaste or does this house have a pool i yeah well it probably does they do because it was the uh actually no i don't remember the guys in the pool no i don't know no wait i'm from I Love New York, there was yeah. 100% a pool. There was like a hot tub because the pool is where Onyx says, uh, Oh, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. Patterson's Sister Patterson's a, a fake. A so, yeah, yeah, so they do. So they do have a pool. So, I I mean, well, that's a different animal because you have to do something. Not that I have any experience in this, and I'm not saying that to be coy. I genuinely don't. But if I were to tap into that mean girl part of my brain, you do something that is going to damage it but not going to destroy it yes exactly well because that's why then you, because then that person can sue you yeah. throw, for, it, throw it in the shower hey your clothes are wet big deal right just send it out for dry cleaning it's and an it's, you know whatever right exactly you do something to inconvenience the person not to like put put you in a potential lawsuit situation exactly. because if hottie's clothes are as expensive sorry shatar's clothes are as expensive as she purports them to be you could be setting yourself up for a pretty substantial lawsuit yes more money than these women have and i say that not to make not to look down on them but as somebody who is you know more or less their age and doesn't have a ton of money either shatara's laying on her bed and still like screaming to herself when some of the other ladies come in and she's like oh i won the whole thing and brooke's like oh you're gonna be a horrible representation for him like literally in the same tone of voice as if she had genuinely been trying to congratulate her (laughs) so brooks uh you know is going on and saying oh one of these days somebody's gonna get you back and it's gonna be worse than hiding your stuff and it's gonna be real dirty and you're gonna be real embarrassed and shatar's like okay 
you know, and the camera's panning over to the underwear. But I don't know if Brooke thought this plan through or if VH1 edited it, but like from where we as viewers are, you can't really see anything on the underwear. No, not really. Also, we're watching crappy quality YouTube, so we can't really tell. (laughs) Which I had to hear about multiple times. Because it's poor quality. We can't tell if it's visible. Or I think they could have very easily, like, to make it more dramatic if they wanted to. VH1 could have, like, made a whole spectacle of, like, blurring it out. Yeah. That it would be like, oh, I wonder what's, I don't wonder what's up there. Well, (sighs) if anything, they would have just, they probably would have highlighted it. No, because I feel like once you get to bodily fluids, they tend to blur them out. They they blur out puke sometimes on TV shows and stuff. That's true. So, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if they had just blurred it, but they didn't. And you don't really see anything. So it's not as embarrassing of a plan. Ultimately, it makes Brooke look worse because she had to touch the underwear. So, So the camera does pan up to the underwear, but like, you know... Shatar still hasn't noticed and Shay and some of the other girls are even kind of like more or less pointing to it and being like oh you know what if somebody hides your panties on your like I think Shay literally says what if somebody puts your panties up on your portrait uh, I and don't know if I caught that line That's yeah, no, she doesn't say it verbatim like that but like she says she ultimately describes what is happening and Shatar is just like oh I don't know and ultimately she does figure it out and turn around and she's like oh those aren't mine which is, again, like that PR brain. It's like, you're just lying. You're exactly. just like a shark brain. Like, you're just, you I'm know, adapting. Right. And that's got to be an exhausting way to live, is all my point of that. So, it's the next morning, and there is a call over the loudspeaker while the ladies are sleeping that says, you know, Shatar, get ready. You know, you're, you'll be leaving soon. So, she is dressed in this long white and black gown and you know tells monique calls over and says the limo is waiting and she's got a a little stole thing with her and everyone else is just more or less waking up and brooke says in a talking head that she hopes shatar embarrasses herself and andrew and that he regrets picking her and as she's getting into the limo larissa calls out break a neck yes she's like yikes uh so it is important to note that shatar is dressed to be a guest at like a high fashion event. Yes. Not to be for the purpose that she's going well, to. Well, not thing. even that, but like even if she were to, it we'll get to it. But uh Monique says over the loudspeaker for the rest of the ladies that she'll be having lunch with them and they'll be cooking from her book Skinny Cooks Can't Be Trusted and they have an hour to prepare uh, a meal for the group at large. So Leilene then does a complete downward spiral. Yes. This she felt to me it. incredible. Like, that's the thing. They really rip on her, all the ladies. But to me, this was so relatable. But we'll get we'll get to it. So so Leilene says to Larissa, like, I can't cook, but I can read. Just like, good. Uh, Safari says in a talking head, she's going to win in this challenge because she can cook. Uh... Becky wants her team, wants to team up with her. And, like, they're like, oh, let's make mac and cheese, blah, blah. And Becky's like, we'll put bacon in it. And Safari deadpan looks at her and goes, I don't like bacon in it. And that was the end of that discussion, apparently. Bacon's better and everything. So, Laylene is, like, 
losing her shit. She's like in the bedroom and she's not crying, but she's like pacing and like really just talking out loud to like psych herself up to go downstairs and help cook. And everybody else is kind of looking at her like it's not that serious. But if you're putting it in the frame of mind in like Laylene's mind, who probably already has like crippling anxiety to then be like, she thinks and she has no reason to think this that like her potentially getting sent home depends on this meal she doesn't want to fuck it up yes and like but that's why you have other people like everything we find out like everyone worked together to make something that's the thing is but the thing is i as somebody with really bad anxiety like crippling to the point that i don't do a lot of things Honestly, part of the reason why I wasn't putting the show out for several weeks was because of such bad anxiety that if I didn't feel like I put out a perfect product, that I was going to be a failure and that life was going to be terrible. You know, watching Laylene walk around and be like, you can go downstairs, you can do this, you can put this together, where it's like, it's not only, not only is it not being decided by this, but like you're getting a lot of help. You didn't even necessarily have to be yeah. cooking. You would have teamed up with exactly. somebody and it would, they would have been like, fine, just like chop. Hey, hand me or, this. Give right. me this. Read the ingredient. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, but she's just upstairs and she's like, if I can't do it perfectly, I can't do any of it. And like, I was sitting there watching it. And while I guess it's supposed to be funny, like, look how fucking weak and pathetic she is. Like, not to be too much of a downer, but I was like, yeah, this is kind of how my internal monologue goes when I do something that I'm not sure about. Granted, I would have gone down there and probably just freaked out in private and just kind of said to somebody, like, I don't really cook. I don't know what to do. I'll do this stupid side task. Yeah. But, like... Let me know how I can help. Right. But, right. Whereas Laylene is just standing around while the rest of them are all in the kitchen. You know, now they're all dressed and working their way down. And Laylene is still up there, you know, folding clothes and psyching herself up. Shatar is in a limo and she's doing a voiceover and she's like, you know, I'm looking forward to being around my type of upper crust people and to be away from the hookers and hoes of the house. Such a fucking bitch. So Andrew um, opens a limo door for her and helps her out. And basically he's in like a white or off white, you know, sport coat and jeans. So to say that she is overdressed is, you know, an understatement yeah like and i as much as i obviously have expressed my feelings about shatar i kind of felt bad for her it's pretty stressful to be overdressed or underdressed well they pretty much said it there like or i'm assuming they told her like dress as best as you can yeah i mean either she was deliberately misled or, or she's doing she did, or well or well like that or maybe she like didn't do her due diligence to ask and thought she understood what was happening and then it wasn't the case or in her mind i mean i think that you don't get to have an ivy league education and think that that's an appropriate way to dress for a presentation Mm -hmm. well she didn't know there's a presentation but i mean he did kind of explain like but honestly in his question to her during the interview phase he was like how do you feel about talking in front of people yeah so Little I mean, hints. like, they I don't really feel like they fully explained it to them, but I feel like she kind of, I can't tell whose fault it is that she failed as hard as she did at this, which also I'm kind of like, well, it's karma. Like, you know. That's true. You gotta like get you her did, back somehow. Yeah. So he's helping her out of the limo and they're walking inside and she ultimately like trips and falls because she's in like a mermaid cut dress and it's pretty tight. So she ultimately falls and. God, I 
embarrassing. The whole thing is like mortifying. It was so stressful to watch. At least there wasn't a koi pond there. <laughs> I was going to say you already made an office reference. It's but got, another yeah, one. It's going to keep coming. Oh, sorry. That was loud. My notes speaking. I should have waited. What? Go ahead. No, back to it. the No, well, it's part of this next scene. Okay. So back at lunch, uh, the ladies are going over the menu and working hard at cooking everything except Laylene, who's still upstairs freaking out. And Safari makes the perfectly valid point of how do you have three children and you can't cook? Yes. We do see she can cook something, but like it's it's a valid point. Like, how do you have three children and you PB and J's and grilled cheese? All you got to do. No, you can't. Children can't live on just those things. Are you going to mention what they're making? So I'm getting to it. So okay. um, I just wanted to make sure when she finally comes down, uh, the, when she ultimately finally, ultimately, finally, when she is downstairs, she's like, OK, like, what can I do to help? And everybody's like, we're already in the middle of doing everything like you can't help now. And she's like, well, what do you mean? Like, I can't help you now. And she's like bouncing around and she's like, can I help you? And they're all like, no. <laughs> Like, absolutely not. And so, you know, she's like, oh, I was I was getting ready. That's why I wasn't down here until now. And everybody's like, sure, whatever. Just stop bothering me. I'm cooking. And she's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make grilled cheese sandwiches. Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, A for effort, I guess, you know, but like. At least she, ha- she decided to do something instead of completely sitting out, which is better than. Pro- I mean, you need to do what you're asked. But in this case, at least it's like, you know what? She made something. Yeah, but like grilled cheese. Like, do you like that doesn't even go. I don't, this is like watching her in this scene was like watching a stress dream. Like I'm like having a dream and like one of those dreams where it's like the end of the semester and I haven't done any work and I haven't gone to any of the classes. All the time. Spring. Right. That really is your recurring dream. That is. But like literally watching this felt like that for me. So back at the Firestone Winery. No. What? What? You forgot to make. They're making mac and cheese. They're making, what is it, like lamb not, chops? But they what? did it at the beginning of this, but it, this is where I wanted to do my damn joke, and you didn't even say it. Oh. Well, because I thought it came up later. No, it's now. They say it because I wrote. Joke? I literally wrote and I had to put a parenthesis insert. It's, a, it's an office joke. I said, insert the office joke here because they go mac and cheese, collard greens, and I was going to be like, don't call it collard greens. That's racist. Oh. You don't call them collared people. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Come on. Uh, <laughs> uh, back they see, it would have been funny. It would have been. No, I'm just. Uh, no, no. I am upset. Yeah, yeah. We're back at the freaking Firestone thing. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> Andrew tells her that there are six wine experts inside and that he has a script for Shatar to read. And at a certain point they did kind of set her up for failure that there's like an easel with a sheet draped over it and she needs to pull the sheet off of the the picture on the easel and she's totally unfazed and she's like oh this is like being at home for me so she walks out in her gown and everybody's dressed like business casual and looking at her like she's insane one of the guys is judging her very hard and she says, like, about two sentences before going over to the easel when she pulls the sheet. And she does do it very dramatically. Like, she tries to do, like, a cartoon style. Voila. Like, voila, yes. right? She does actually say voila. 
and the whole poster board and it's like in a frame and everything straight up falls to the ground and she's just standing there like Vanna White like ah, and she's like laughing super hard and nobody's laughing anyway which like if she would have been a more seasoned presenter she could have made a joke about it yeah. that people would have appreciated but they're all just like makes this makes me think that they're producers or somebody like a paid actor i was just gonna well no not that i was gonna say i think the producers attached something to it so when she pulled it no matter what it was gonna fall because they had to put her in a like awkward situation i mean the fact that there was a sheet on it period like there's no reason to put a sheet over an easel it's a presentation you don't want the people to see it just yet it's a yeah but like if you want to contextualize it like Maybe having it there, but it doesn't wouldn't necessarily make sense. I don't know. We don't even really see what it's of. Not at all. That's pretty. I think much it's a. It. Was it a map? If they open it, it breaks, or at least it sounds. Well, they like, put like yeah, a sound, a, yeah. like a glass crashing sound, even though it doesn't seem like there's glass on it to yes. make it. Not at all. Yeah. Stone Cold just walks out and stuns everyone. <laughs> so back at lunch, uh, they're all sitting outside, and Monique comes out and asks, you know, who made what. And this is where it, this is where it comes up. Who made what? No, yes, but this is who made what. But before they said what everyone has to make, or what everyone says what they're oh, gonna make, okay. which I thought you were gonna make. Oh, this person says this. This person says collard greens. And I was like, you don't go with collard people. Yeah, no, I yeah, you you tried the first time. It's not gonna land any better. Well, I'm this not gonna. Time. No, this time wasn't meant for a laugh. So Monique asked them who did what uh, Heather and Larissa did the peach cobbler, which I have a really good peach cobbler recipe and I haven't made it in forever. And I think I want to do that soon. Uh, Shay says that she did the greens with Crystal, Jen and Brooke. Laylene goes, and I did the grilled cheese. And Larissa, quick to throw her under the bus, goes, she did the grilled cheese because she came down late, which Laylene, you think she would be a little bit more humble about the fact that she made yes. the grilled cheese, but she has no sense of awareness. So Laylene, you know, apologizes for her tardiness and says, you know, cooking is not my forte, but given the right tools, I'm willing to learn. And Heather, who granted she's annoying and like, you know, obviously, I, like I said, I feel like everybody's being a little too hard on her. You know, Heather's like, okay, but if you wanted to learn, the time is not while we're in the middle of already cooking. It was when we first came down. If you would have come down and, well, she's not saying all of this, but the gist of it is, if you had come down at the beginning and told us, I can't cook and cooking really stresses me out, they would have found a way to make it it work. But you can't show up when they're almost done and be like, all right, I'm ready to learn how to cook now. You know, also, hold on. I have in here... Oh, also, okay. So also in, I forgot I had this in my notes, in Laylene's defense, based on their reaction to all of the questions that she had during the etiquette lesson, I don't think they would have been as patient with her as they made it sound. Yeah. Like, I think if they had more time and they didn't necessarily think this would affect their ability to stay, that, like, I think they could have been more patient with her, but I think they're already irritated by her to begin with it's not going to help that while they're trying to do something that requires focus for her to just being like so then what do i do with the pasta do i put it in dry like you know those kinds of questions it's not about the pasta it's not about the pasta so Laylene, you know is then complaining she's like but when i did come down you told me it was too late and i don't believe it's too late to change 
was so exhausting. And Safari, like, literally turns to Leilene and goes, what are you even talking about? Like, what are you saying? So Leilene starts crying and Monique points out in a talking head that this wasn't even the competition part. But, you know, like, Mo- wait, Monique? But I think that, it- oh, I wrote here, but I think that would have been helpful to know going into it. Like, I think that they all thought they were competing, which is why they were so eager to do it. And yeah. what set Leilene off on this downward spiral. So Monique says to Leilene, you know, you say you want to try to learn how to be strong, but like, you're about to get up from this table right now f- because you're crying. You know, what, that, how are you learning this lesson? So she tells her to deal with it, uh, you know, whatever. But she wants to try this grilled cheese. They don't tell us how the grilled cheese is, by the way. Not at all. So Monique then turns to the ladies and asks uh, how they felt about last night. And Shay says right away that, it, you know, it wasn't right that Shatar won. And, you know, the fact that she got away with She ultimately gets to get away with what she did now. Exactly. And Heather's like, we already don't have any privacy as it is. And now I got to watch her even stepping foot in my room. And like, you know, and she still gets to be out there right now. And Monique is tired of Heather being the victim. Yes. Which. Just another victim. I don't know. I don't think as much as I'm like, yeah, Heather's really whiny and annoying. Like, she does have a right to be irritated. In like, don't case, touch my fucking stuff. Yeah. And She's Monique, not playing the victim. She was like, the victim. Right. And you would think that Monique would be like, I don't know. She doesn't really give Shatara as much shit. Obviously, Shatara's not here. So that's one thing. But, like, she kind of turns us around on Heather. And she's like, well, you want to be in the music industry, right? And the music industry is really cutthroat. So you should have to learn how to deal with things yeah. like this. And it's like, I don't know if that's really the right attitude to have about it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Basically, Monique is like, that's life. Get over it. So back at the Firestone Vineyard, Andrew says to Shatar that her car is waiting outside and he walks her out and puts her in the limo. And Andrew says in his talking head that the panel members were a little bit shocked when things fell over, but uh, she would probably need to get a little more refined in the dress code, which it's like, that's kind of annoying. That comment was annoying. Like... I don't know. That kind of made me feel like she was set up for failure. Either that or they told her a dress code and she was like, I'm going to overdo it. Just dumb. I, I just feel like if she really went to UPenn and like, I don't know, you would think that you would learn some things like that in yeah. Ivy League school. So, and also if she's supposed to be like knowledgeable about etiquette and royalty, like you would think the dress, well, I'd say that you would think dress codes would be a part of it, but there was that time that she dressed up like an army like in an army costume for no reason remember in season one of flavor of love i forgot where they were going i have no idea where they were going but i remember the outfit yeah like so she dress codes are relative in her mind so this is a weird thing that happens next so at lunch monique asked them to role play the ladies to role play as each other so she asked larissa to do a brooke impression and she like does that she actually does a pretty decent Brooke impression where she's like guys I can't believe she did that the fucking bitch she's like she gets this like a little raspy voice and Brooke is like laughing her ass off and yeah. she's like I'm gonna fuck her shit up like she does a pretty decent it's pretty impression pretty funny and then Jen does a Shay impression and honestly that's pretty good too where she's like hmm I don't know about that hmm I don't know like all it basically it's the kind of thing where it's like I didn't I don't know if I'd be able to pin down an impression but the impression she does ultimately kind of works where it's just a lot of hmm 
huh, uh, uh-uh. like different sounds. But Shay is enjoying it. Then we get to Safari doing a crystal impression where she's like, oh, she's using my calendar because 10 people bought it the other day. And I got a new photographer. And I got more paper. And nobody got blah, blah, blah. I'm talking and I don't shut up. Look at me. Look at me. And Crystal looks pissed. Yeah. Because she knows it's true. And then Monique spots that and goes, like, Crystal, you do a Safari impression. And Crystal's Safari impression is just her going, ah, ah, ah. Okay, we get it. I know, but I wanted to really drive the point home. It's and then <laughs> Safari looks pissed and Monique's like, oh, so like what's happening between you two? You know, like you're, you know, taking little digs at each other. And like she's like, oh, Crystal, you're saying Safari doesn't shut up. And Crystal's like, well, it's not that Safari doesn't shut up. It's just a lot of noise about nothing in particular. And Safari is like, yeah, you think it's noise because somebody's not giving you a chance to speak. You know, you're not the only. And then she goes and this whole thing. I'm not the only one who says this about you. And then Crystal, while being accused of talking too much about herself in response to that, proceeds to launch into a whole thing about how she talks too much and makes it about herself. It, even in her defense where she's like, I was listening to who was it? She's like, Courtney and I sat outside for two hours yesterday and 90 percent of that was me just listening, which it's like if you were really doing that out of the goodness of your heart you wouldn't necessarily pull that up as just like Mm. an example so becky makes the point that i just made basically in her talking head which is like even when you tell crystal she's talking too much she will respond to that by not shutting the fuck up exactly so uh what happens here oh monique says you know i'm not really sure what conversation crystal was having with herself but it was very much just me 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 so Monique says she appreciates them and thanks them for the meal and says that she'll see them at elimination. We have too many cookbooks, but I really want to see this cookbook. Yes. It looks really good. We'll find it online. Probably, but I don't want to buy it. I don't want to buy another cookbook. But no, I, we don't need any. We don't use the ones we have, unfortunately. No. But we have a lot. But I would trust Monique's cookbook, I feel like. I don't know. So it's finally time for elimination. And... The limo pulls up to the house. It's nighttime. I don't know how far away Paso Robles is from where they are in the hills, I guess, but far enough that they make this dramatic limo pull up thing. So Crystal is clearly feeling herself in her uniform yet again, because I guess she had bent over to pick something up and Dara's like, oh, nice panties. And Crystal bends over again and lifts her skirt all the way up. Again, who are you doing this for? Besides Mike in particular. (laughs) I know he'll be watching this in the future. <laughs> so Monique calls them down over the loudspeaker and Heather's like, oh, like in her talking head, like, oh, I'm feeling really good. And like, I put my best foot forward and putting the effort in and there's no reason for me to be eliminated tonight. <laughs> okay. So then Courtney's like, oh, so, uh, Crystal says to Courtney, oh, I'd be really surprised to be in the bottom. And Courtney goes, really? <laughs> And Courtney says in her talking head, rightfully so, that I think Crystal's going to go home because, you know, even if she doesn't know it yet, like, she's fucking Didn't up. did Crystal say she thought she was going to be in the bottom three? No, she says, I don't, there's no way oh, I'm going to be in the bottom three. I'd be surprised. Typo. Yeah. So you're too busy looking at her to listen to what she's saying. Well, I wrote, well, I wrote Crystal flashes the camera after Dara says something about panties. And then I just wrote Crystal thinks she's in the bottom three. No, said so she doesn't think she's in the bottom three. 
So all the ladies are lined up and Monique reminds them that the lesson was about etiquette. Some of you delivered and some of you didn't. Uh, Laylene in a talking head says she's nervous because she's trying to shed the image of me being a crybaby. And I still haven't done that because you've cried so much so far. Monique calls out Shatar in particular and says that what she did was dirty and she not only fooled Heather, but she fooled Andrew. But unfortunately, because of the rules outlined in this competition, she's safe from being expelled. Yes. Monique says in her talking head that she is absolutely foul, but in the end, Andrew picked her, so there's nothing really that can be done. Yes. So, of course, Larissa says in a talking head that since Shatar got away with this, she's going to have to do something. She's going to basically she's acknowledging that this has now given her the green light in her mind to treat people however the fuck she wants and get because she knows she'll be able to get away with it as long as she wins. Mm -hmm. So she calls down Monique calls down Larissa, who's pissed and says it should be Crystal, Heather and Crystal. So she says it's more embarrassing than anything. Blah, blah, blah. Me, me, me. I, I, I. So in the bottom three, uh, they talk to Larissa first. So Keith's like, you weren't really engaging at all in the lesson. You just seemed like you were bored. Mickey kind of drags her here for being like, it was really inappropriate that you came on to Andrew during the question and answer period. You know, he was looking for help at the event, not to find a date. Like, what is wrong with you? But mm-hmm. really, it wasn't made especially clear. So, I mean, at least to us as the audience, we don't know. This show is like way more heavily edited. than it's I feel like edited. Like, I feel like more so than the other ones have felt. I feel like yeah. there's a lot more of a narrative arc going on. Yes. In these episodes than in past i mean obviously they existed in the other shows but it's definitely a lot more of that now well we're getting more into the future of reality television right this is all paving the way so monique's like okay what would you like to say do you have anything to say for yourself and she's like oh from what you guys told me like i'll try my best or whatever and monique's like have you noticed that like every time like you get called out on something you turn into like a little kid like, you retreat into, like, this childlike thing. And, like, even now, like, you're getting called down to the carpet and you're just, you know, you turn into a little girl, which is, like, well, you didn't call her down to the carpet. That, like, feels very childish and demeaning. And you have her in a schoolgirl outfit, so I don't really know what you're expecting from her. <laughs> then they talk to Heather and Keith's, like, you knew it was an etiquette training class and you came down with a pair of red pumps on. You looked a little bit like a Catholic schoolgirl gone bad. Which I feel like kind of sounds like a compliment, but <laughs> I know it was not intended to be one. Heather says in her talking head, you know, Keith, I know you're judging us, but I don't find you very charming. I find you very rude. And I think you have to you don't have much etiquette yourself. It's like, good one. You told him. So Mickey says to her, you had a real struggle last night when Shatar told you, you know, that you sh- she stole your dress and you couldn't really get over it. Last night you gave in, gave up and ultimately gave out. Nice. Finally, Crystal Keith tells her, I think that you're a beautiful woman. I think you know you're a beautiful woman and I feel you're kind of stuck in a model role a bit too much. He then goes on to say that he noticed while they were doing the book on the head challenge, like you were a little bit too caught up in not ruining your hair 
and that did kind of turn some of the a negative spotlight on you he doesn't he says he doesn't think that it's healthy or appealing okay mickey says you made it to the dinner portion of the competition but you didn't really do a lot when you got there you got loud and then you tried to play it off you know like the etiquette lesson didn't happen i don't remember i don't know what that was in context of Crystal in her talking head says that what I got put into charm school for in the first place and I'm not working on. So I guess this was like her come to Jesus moment. Mm -hmm. So she says to the deans, you know, I got a little caught up in the competition and I just have to work on me. It's like, wow, you managed to fit I and me in a sentence there. Mm -hmm. Congratulations. So Monique in her final sort of words, summation of what the judges all just said she says, Crystal, every chance you get, you talk and you talk and you talk about yourself. She says, she asked Larissa how old she is. And Larissa's like, I'm 22. And Monique goes, grow up. Then Heather, she goes, being the victim gets boring and you play it very well. And ultimately, that's why you're getting expelled. Yes. That sounds more rhymey than it does in real life. It was, yeah, it's like the Dr. Seuss reality show. Yeah. Uh, Heather, thanks, Monique, for the experience. And obviously Heather is crying in her exit interview. And she's like, right now, I'm really hurt, really shocked. I'm going home. And I just hope I don't have to change the person that I am to break into this industry, which is like literally the complete incorrect takeaway from what Monique just said. <laughs> like, you do have to change parts of yourself. Like, I get that you still want to maintain being a nice person, but there's a difference between being a nice person and being you know, complete pushover and just completely strong, like weak, no character whatsoever. So Monique, as she, you know, Heather is walking out, she goes, I hope I can get a free CD when your music comes out. And she just says, thank you. She doesn't even just say like, oh, yeah, I got you. Or sure. Like that. It's like, yeah. Come on. So Monique says in a talking head that Heather was expelled because I believe in Heather's mind. She's already this pop diva who felt like she didn't need to improve. I'm Neve. Don't you know me? I'm a star. Which is like, you didn't convey any of that to her. Yes. What you said is she's weak. Not that she thinks too highly of herself. I don't know. Just the narrative got a little exhausting. So Monique dismisses all of them. And she does this thing that we were kind of laughing about. We were rewatching it today where we were like, how cute. She put Neve on the back of her pledge pin. Just the way you say it. My God. I'm trying to think who's. Oh, that sounds like the watch what crappens impression of Cynthia from Real Housewives of Atlanta. I don't That's know what that sounds like. <laughs> Uh, oh no and Karen it's it's a little bit more of a Karen from Potomac but it's a lot of for those if you watch Bravo you have to listen to watch what crappens because they are so funny um, but then they do pretty good impressions but some of their impressions kind of overlap and the Heather the Heather the Karen and the oh my god I just completely forgot her name the Cynthia impressions are kind of just very much like this and just breath sort of out of breath but very pointed in what you are saying child uh mickey gets a good laugh out of the neve thing and the bonus scene very quick is oh wait where did i get this bonus scene from how did i figure out I the didn't bonus get scene? One. i don't know maybe whichever version i watched but uh the women ask this woman during the presentation asked Shatar what she thinks of a screw top 
And Shatar goes, in my experience, it makes for very easy opening. Which is like, yeah, that's the point. <laughs> so Andrew explains something about less corkage while Shatar attempts to open the bottle with a cork. And she fucks it up and he has to fix it. Where did I get the bonus scene from? Maybe you Googled it. I don't know. So that's that on that. So do you think that Heather should have gone home? No, taking, your opin- taking your you opinion, taking your opinions about how you saying, look, no. how you feel about her out of it. Do you think that she deserved to go home purely no, blind she judging? She was not the worst on the episode. Who she, do you think should have gone she home? She cooked fine. She did big. She wore heels during the one thing, so that's kind of whatever. But date it wasn't wise, about the happened. wearing heels. It was the ch- the choice of heels. I don't think she should have went home. I actually, I well, obviously, I should tar. Obviously, of, of Shatar should have gone safe. home. Right. Outside of her, the only two I could really contemplate, I guess, it would be more Larissa because she failed the etiquette thing. She instead of like, oh yeah, this and that, she went to hit on the guy. And then she looked like she had she didn't want anything to do with the competition whatsoever. That's your choice, because I the only other one I would think is Laylene, just because she like fell apart. Of course, you're so biased How because am I biased? of who you're attracted to. Because really, who should have gone home was Crystal. Why? Because she talks about herself all the fucking time. She's not learning. She's not doing anything. She's but she just didn't like fuck anything else up. She just talks. I mean, a lot. granted, like I think Heather could have gone home. I think Heather was like the easy you choice. You have to go based on the competition aspects. What I think and this should have been done is there was a show. I might be mixing it up with another show, but I could have sworn that there was a show for all my noggin heads that. There was a show called Queen Bees. I think that was the one that Stassi was on as a child. But I don't remember if Stassi, Stassi was on. Pump? Yeah. She was on a show? Yeah. Huh. She was on actually a couple shows. But like I think as a family they were on one once. And then she was on this show, Queen Bees, about like bitchy teenage girls. Oh my God. And I think this was the show where nobody got eliminated, but they earned points. That were cumulative at the end of like it was gotcha. basically a charm school type of thing, yeah. but it was cumulative and you earned points each week. Yeah. So nobody got eliminated. The winner was chosen by who, who the did the points. best. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was Queen Bees. Somebody, if you were out there and you remember any of these types of shows, let me know. So, yeah, that's the episode. We're back with a vengeance. Whew. I will do my best to put more episodes up Die more frequently. Three. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I hope none of this is getting picked up. Oh, no, it definitely is. I could hear it. And then same as it sounded like you could hear that there was like a truck or something backing up before. And I was about to be like, no, this microphone is so sensitive. You can hear in my mind. And that's me wishing I could back up from my collar green joke. (laughs) Oh, my God. Our upstairs neighbor is back from being gone for forever. And conveniently, the weekend we decide to record again. The funny, I want, I actually can't wait to hear back and see if we can hear that. Anyway, we're not going to be talking about this for too much longer. Do you want to do the final wrap up plug shit? Okay. Well, you could find us on Facebook at Rewind the Love Podcast. You could find us on Twitter and Instagram at Rewind Love Pod. Sonia, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Sonia Marie Says. I'm Mr. Feeney519. Please rate, review, subscribe, tell friends who don't suck, five stars. There you go. Thank you. Blah, blah, blah. All that fun stuff. No, but we are happy to be back. Hope you guys enjoy this. 
Uh, and thank you everyone for joining us once again. We'll catch you next time here on Rewind the Love. Bye.